Radhika Jones, Editor-in-Chief of Vanity Fair. If you enjoy binge-watching the best TV shows and love hearing from the actors and showrunners who make them happen, then subscribe to Vanity Fair. Our Hollywood reporters take you behind the scenes of the year's most anticipated projects, the industry's biggest moves, and the hardest-fought awards races. From The Crown to The Real Housewives, we've got the inside scoop. As a special thank you to our still-watching audience, we're offering 15% off a yearly digital subscription to Vanity Fair. Visit VanityFair.com today and use promo code POD15. That's VanityFair.com, promo code POD15, for 15% off a yearly digital subscription to everything you want. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. I guess I'll have a $26 omelet again. Yeah, me too. Otherwise, we gotta get dressed and leave this room. (laughs) Hello and welcome to Still Watching, a weekly television podcast from Vanity Fair. I'm Richard Lawson. I'm Hilary Busis. And I'm Chris Murphy. We're here to discuss the eighth episode of season two of the Max series, And Just Like That. And in our second segment, production designer Miguel Lopez Castillo will stop by to discuss what it takes to create the on-screen character of New York. We'll finish out the episode with our segment on all the killer looks and the fashion roadkill. But first, a quick recap for episode eight, A Hundred Years Ago. These last couple weeks, I've been having orgasms like I have never had in my entire life with anyone, including Aiden. Carrie and Aiden are back on, but not in her apartment. So Carrie turns to Che. How about you rent to me? Come again? Well, Aiden and I are spending a fortune on hotels, so... We would like to rent your place. And bonus track, when he's in town, you can stay at my apartment. (gasps) Which causes problems with Che and their relationship with the building management. Are you evicted? No, but management is concerned. It's a good thing you're white. Things are going so well with Aiden that Carrie reconsiders her life choices. I've been asking myself, was big a big mistake? Miranda finally starts her internship at Human Rights Watch. She has trouble connecting with the other interns, but her supervisor has a talk with her. Is it about composting? I'm really trying. It's not about composting. It's about my maternity leave. And I've chosen you to be my cover. Charlotte prepares to start her new job by finding the perfect outfit, which doesn't fit the way she'd like. Everyone keeps saying to lose the belt, but the belt's the whole thing. I don't need to lose the belt. I need to lose the belly. And I just need a few more days. Seema's colleague dumps a difficult client on her. So you've got to take this guy off my hands. Oh, I've already met my diva quota for the decade. Thank you very much. And Seema changes her mind about the Hamptons and asks Carrie for some space. From everything I've heard, it sounds to me that you've had these two great loves. 
and I've had none. I don't want to spend a fortune having this feeling. But they quickly patch things up at dinner with Aiden. Manners. Aiden, I love you already. <laughs> and Carrie goes to visit Aiden in Virginia. And just like that, I went to Aiden's farm. It wasn't Howard's end. It was better. It was our new beginning. Are you guys ready? Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Okay. Um, so I think the cruelest thing this series has ever done is tell us we're going to the Hamptons <laughs> and then say, never mind, we're not going to the Hamptons Instead, anymore. Instead, we're going to go to Virginia? Norfolk, <laughs> right. to be exact. And play with some chickens, I guess. I oof, I had a lot of notes this episode, and that is definitely one of them. To dangle that and then yeah. to sort of take it away from us. Um, while it did give Seema, like, something to do, I've seen people online being like, wow, it would be really great if, like, she had a storyline. And yeah. I would say this episode she had really, like, yeah. sort of the only storyline that sort of mattered versus, to me. Versus Naya, who's not even was in Was not it. there. She, I hope that she is collecting checks. <laughs> She's so far checks. away. <laughs> I hope she did not get paid per episode or per screen time. I hope she got a lump sum because where was she? I I. This episode really, I really didn't we like it. We should have it. a segment that's just called Where's Naya? <laughs> where in the where world is ima- Naya Wallace? Where we imagine what she's up to instead of dealing with whatever. <laughs> we did coming. meet her other friends briefly on yes. Zoom. So we, we I could, she's just hanging out with them, hopefully. I hope so. Yes. I'm not... I'm not on the Aiden train. I think, uh. Hillary, you've gotten to me. I'm <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, maybe we should back up just slightly, um, yeah. set the scene a little bit. So... Last time we saw our gals was uh, February 14th. Yes. We're Valentine's now about Day. a month later. Right. Um, Carrie and Aiden have apparently been in a hotel room having sex for that entire month. <laughs> Ordering $26 omelets every day. It's almost uh, to the point where I think the show is doing it consciously, just like nodding to how rich these people are and yeah. how little they care about money. Like the very ostentatious mention of a $24 omelet, the ostentatious mention of a $47 garlic press. Yes. Like, Carrie and Aiden just deciding to buy kitchenware for this <laughs> for this An espresso machine or something. For this apartment where they don't live. <laughs> it all started with a pepper mill. Aiden said you needed a pepper mill. Mm. Everybody needs a pepper mill. I don't know. That's debatable. I lived without a pepper mill for, oh, gosh, for years. <laughs> no, that's just sad. <laughs> Does everyone need a pepper mill? I was like, that's a great, <laughs> you need a pepper mill? Right. I was no. just, yeah. That Seema whole... being like, I made sure that you got your money back. And Carrie's saying, it's not about the money. Because, like, just, they I don't just care. It's like, you don't care about thousands and thousands of dollars. Yeah. Carrie and Aiden have gone from a nostalgic meetup to now what is a relationship. Yeah, they're boyfriend and girlfriend now, sort yeah. of out of the Very quickly. Blue. How did we feel about Carrie having this kind of Pretty significant for this show, for the lore of Carrie Bradshaw, where she's like, and it's an unanswered thing. She's like, did I make a mistake with Bake? And then later she says to Shay, why did this not work out the first time? Because I made a mistake. Like, do we feel like that is being fair to Carrie's history? I thought that was a really interesting. I was like, oh, I think we should really interrogate. Like, did she make a mistake? Let's really go there. And I, not to be a big apologist, I do think that's sort of selling short their whole relationship. I don't really remember the fan reaction to the final episode of Sex in the City. I feel like people were mad. I don't, what happened? Were people happy that she ended up with Big or not? People thought it was something of a betrayal of the show's argument about like being single is fabulous and fine and don't worry about it. You don't need to. And, and people were annoyed that at the end of Sex in the City's run, everyone was coupled off. Yeah. And uh, they thought that was maybe 
not as feminist. I don't as know. The show I was, was 16 and I thought it was very romantic, which I mean, shows sure. you <laughs> shows you what I knew. <laughs> well, not to sound like a broken record with those people, I we were saying, you know, it was fun to see single Carrie going on that date with that, you know, the guy and his work husband and sort of Miranda going on a date with Miriam Shore last episode and getting back into the rhythm of like, okay, we're having, you know, women or people going on dates, like experiencing love and life in the city. And to go straight from like that to full on boring coupledom moving to Hudson Yards felt really like a really bizarre choice. And I know we want to keep Aiden on the show because it's Aiden, but I'm not here for it. And I do think that the question of whether or not Big was a big mistake should be explored, and it wasn't. Well, right. I also—that was set up so much like a classic, like, I couldn't help but wonder moment mm-hmm. that, again, it seemed like a theme that could go through the episode. And then it was just kind of dropped, and I, I can only hope that they'll bring it up again. I do wonder— this is something that is complete projection. I cannot support it, I guess, outside of just what the text that we have in front of it, us. But I wonder if any of that, any of the reluctance to talk about Big is a reluctance to kind of get into Chris Noth, given what he was accused of after yeah. and just like that began. I can imagine that the show would rather just kind of pretend, you know, not pretend that the character didn't exist, but do as much as it can to say that's in the past. We're going to talk about the present and the future. And, like, dredging the character up might just dredge up associations with the guy who played him that the show would rather leave aside. Yeah. Yeah. That's no, fair. I think that's fair. Which does a disservice to the character and does a disservice to the show, I think, too, because especially since, you know, the whole first season of the show was filmed and finished before the allegations went public, Mm -hmm. which I think means that, you know, you look at that and how she treated their relationship and her great love and everything. Then you look at this season like there is a there is a difference. And it's not just because she's out of the fog of grief. I think it's because the show is like, "Eh, I'd rather not get into it. Let's not mythologize big anymore. I mean, and I think that like Miranda basically not having an answer to that question in that scene and then the scene just kind of ending was them being like, we don't really know how to talk about it. It is crazy how it's just like cut to the next cut to the next thing. Yeah. Yeah. You would think that if anything, they could spend a couple minutes, a couple more beats. Yeah. And I don't think her saying I made a mistake was about big. I think that was about her cheating on Mm it. I think that was more about them than about her relationship with big. But I think that's totally fair. It's like you don't want to touch that. Chris knows stuff with a 10-foot pole, Mm -hmm. and that's not what the show is about right now. But then it's like, why did they gesture back? Then why did we ask the question? There's Mm. probably another way to get to, you know, are Aiden and Carrie a good fit now? It's a a sort of having it both—it's an attempt at having it both ways that Mm -hmm. I think just— comes up short because it leaves us with these questions of why why bring it up at all if you're not going to really explore it. I don't know if the show necessarily agrees with Carrie right now. Mm-hmm. You know, they're playing house at Che's apartment because he can't go to Carrie's apartment. This Virginia thing that doesn't sound like very Carrie, but she's kind of going with it. Like, these are problems that plagued them initially in Sex and the City. And so maybe they're going to reintroduce those, like, next episode or the problems final, that you know. didn't have anything to do with Big necessarily no, exactly. either. Yeah. It's yeah. just that there are two different people, two different sorts of people who City like different— mouse, country mouse. Exactly, yeah. the oldest story. <laughs> yeah, and I think that maybe, like— Miranda seems a little circumspect about it, you know, um, Seema for her own relatable reasons for people like myself who are, you know, single a lot longer than their friends. And But I don't know. I, I think that the headlong sort of 
well, now we're dating, it's been a month, but we've only done it in places that aren't our own. So her going to Virginia is a big deal mm-hmm. um, because she's really going to like see where he li- what his life is like, meet his boys. I mean, she has met one of them when he was a baby. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. um, that, was, that was like a, a jump scare in the original <laughs> yeah. show when right. he turns right. around and, and he like, has the Ergo baby. The, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and his oldest is 20, which I was <sighs> like, does that make sense? And it's like, yeah, if you do the math, it does. Like, that's right. That's the baby that we met? Right. Still watching from Vanity Fair, we'll be back in just a moment. The Oscars are almost upon us, which means now is the time to start catching up on all of the buzz from this year's award season. I'm Katie Rich. I'm one of the hosts of Vanity Fair's Little Gold Men podcast. Every week, we cover the ups and downs of the Oscar race, from Barbenheimer to the Golden Globes controversy and much more. We also have weekly interviews with some of the year's biggest contenders, like Emma Stone. I mean, that's how you know you really love and trust and respect someone, is that we can absolutely fight. Paul Giamatti. It's like, holy (laughs) He just nailed the (laughs) out of that, sorry. And America Ferreira. It's like people standing around for hours just waiting to, like, be a part of this cultural moment. Whether you're a Hollywood insider or just want to win your office's Oscar pool, listen to Little Gold Men, available on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening now. The questions around retirement have gotten tiring. Instead of, have you saved up enough? Shouldn't they be asking, what is it that you love to do? And how can we help you keep doing it? The truth is, you're not slowing down. So your retirement plan should be more of an action plan, a hiking plan, a music plan, a sailing plan. The point is, whatever you're passionate about, we can help make sure you never stop. At Lincoln Financial, we have the products to help protect and grow your financial future so you can keep doing more of what you love. Make your pastimes last a lifetime at lincolnfinancial.com slash action plan. Lincoln Financial Group, marketing name for Lincoln National Corporation and its insurance companies and broker slash dealer affiliate Lincoln Financial Distributors, Inc. Copyright 2024, Lincoln National Corporation. Do we think this season or maybe this series is going to end with Carrie and Aiden together? Is that the thesis that they're trying to, like, argue? I don't know. That would be disappointing, not because I don't want Carrie to be happy and I don't like Aiden, but I think I've said this before, like, what is the engine of the show? It sometimes feels, like, very chaotic. I mean, thinking thinking back to everything that's happened this season, like, remember Chase Pilot? Like, remember, I feel like we've done so many things and we haven't, like, we haven't found sort of a direction to go in. And if we're headed toward Carrie and Aiden getting back together, then I don't really know what we're doing with this shit. Like, I don't really know. I don't want to see a season three of them sort of like... You may get your wish, Chris. (laughs) I mean, to make it a ridiculous reference that does not fit this podcast at all, it's a bit like in the most recent Star Wars movie. They were like, oh, and she's related to the Emperor. Like, like we tied it together, see? You know? (laughs) And I do feel like, oh, and then Carrie got together with Aiden and it all worked out. Like, that would feel like narratively... It does happen in life that, like, you find, you reconnect with somebody. So that wouldn't be unbelievable. It's just the Aiden of it all. Like, mm-hmm. Carrie was literally allergic to a wedding dress, meaning she was allergic to the idea of settling down with Aiden. She hated the house upstate, which was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, 
why would she like Virginia with its chickens and its, you know, all the, all the other aid and complications? And that, why like, is he suddenly fine with, like, she's still impractical? Is it because he's rich now? Like, so <laughs> that, he doesn't I mean, care yeah, about how much— He has that much, West Elm money. Yeah, yeah. She, he doesn't care about how much she goes out and how much she spends on shoes. Like, Yeah, money has been removed from that equation, which was a big part, at least, of one episode where after they break up and he's like, well, you have to buy your apartment now because, like, we're not together anymore. Like, that was a major factor of responsibility, and that, I guess— is out of the picture now so like maybe it's okay but yeah i don't know i this episode though i was like i think they're really trying to do this like there are a couple little question marks still in the air but because it does seem like the relationship as has been like for the past month at least they've been back together it seems kind of kind of curiously frictionless in a way Mm -hmm. that i don't know if that's just like the fog of like revived love and Mm -hmm. there's a shoe that's going to drop or whatever i mean it was sort of the specter of it was raised with him not wanting to go into her old apartment. Like, clearly there is baggage that they're not getting at. But if that's the only thing that is preventing right. them from being together, then yeah, I, mean, I don't know. It does seem like there would be more. They've lived lives. Like, he has children. Like, is Carrie interested in being a stepmother? I feel like absolutely not. Um, yeah. yeah. I feel, mean, that's a huge question. It's a huge question. It's One a, of those kids is 14. Like, she would <laughs> actually, have to race. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, in part. Yeah. yeah, they've been living in their love bubble in their, you know, $1,000 a night hotel room with their $26 omelets. And for whatever reason, although they could have this episode pop the bubble, the show, and sort of made them confront something real, we sort of just continued. We moved the bubble from a hotel to Hudson Yards, and then the real friction was Seema and Carrie, and then that was fine too. So I'm like, what? Where? Yeah, the Seema showing up at dinner at the end, and like her and Carrie having like a knowing, like she was like, thanks for giving me space or something. It was like, we didn't, space? We that didn't was see like that. two <laughs> minutes ago. It was literally like, six minutes. Yeah. There was a lot of weird pacing things. Charlotte's whole storyline is that she, you know, wants to get skinny to sort of, you know. Reca- skinnier. Skinnier. <laughs> skinnier to recapture her youth and to start her new job at the art gallery. And so she wears all these spanks, and that was kind of a fun scene, her putting on all those spanks. And then. Literally, we get to the <laughs> to the art gallery. We meet Bonnie Milligan, who I guess is, you know, Victor Garber wasn't available. So we have, you know, a, a new gallery owner. And then she turns around in a very clearly ADR line that was like, Come on, girl. Make yourself comfortable. <sighs> and then we cut to Charlotte taking off the Spanx in the bathroom. I was like, nothing happened. Nothing changed. It was... It happened too fast. I mean, the implication is that she saw Bonnie, and Bonnie is very comfortable, even though Bonnie is not as tiny as Charlotte was in the heyday of Charlotte. And so, therefore, she is, like, getting permission from, like, a younger, more, like, body-positive generation to let go of her hang-ups. Yeah, which— that should happen in more than a single line that I can't see yeah. the person saying. But that's fair. No, that's, I, I that's would, the arc. Yeah, yeah. I, w- I would say that, yeah, I, I don't know if I believe that a 55-year-old woman seeing one millennial who's comfortable with her body will, like, therefore undo her decades of programming. Especially <laughs> that when say, that woman is Charlotte. You can only drink soup for the next three weeks if you want to fit one specific dress, too. Um, it's just that it's one just dress. It's that one dress and with the belt. So, so I, just, buy, just buy a size six instead of a four, Charlotte. Like, you can just have a little bit more room. Yeah, her, Nobody knows the size of the dress except for you. Well, Miranda and Charlotte's storylines have this, some yeah. some connection. Drops, but why Re-entering are, a certain workforce, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But why are we introducing more characters to the show. Like, <laughs> do we really need the two, like, you know, Miranda's, like, two new interns? I mean, I have been here four months, and you have been here six fucking months. And she goes to the U.S. mission day one. I mean, talk about privilege. 
for, you know, fair reason, we're annoyed that Miranda just sort of like shot up to the top. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I love the idea of Charlotte going back to the gallery world now that her kids are older. I thought the scene where the kids were like, we're cool with it. Totally fine. Thrilled. We get it 100 percent. You're OK. Go do your own thing. Fly, be free. That was fun and funny yeah. and believable. But did the rest of her arc have to be about this dress and like look if she wanted to be stressed about how she looked like that makes sense but like that had not been introduced as an anxiety for Charlotte yeah. until this she episode. She did admit to getting plastic surgery last season. Okay, okay, yeah. So there so was that. There's a bit. There's yeah. a bit of a thread. But like, I don't know. It just, it just felt like this is such a great setup for something, mm-hmm. and then I feel like it almost should have spanned two episodes. Ed should. Miranda's whole thing like all of a sudden her boss is like um by the way I'm getting into some Monte I'll start training you tomorrow and it's like so that's max four days of training yeah. <laughs> if it's that, mon- you know if it's Monday yeah, yeah now also, you're the boss her, her maternity fill is going to be an intern that just started it wouldn't be s- somebody uh, like another yeah. staff member Somebody's at Human there. Rights Watch yeah it just all of it just we got- had a little contest downstairs when you went away <laughs> we just found someone on the street a raffle yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> come, come edit you get the golden ticket you get to yeah. <laughs> take the job but again that was a that was a storyline where I'm like I love the idea of Miranda starting at the bottom of something at a place she you know a cause that she supports and yet there are still kind of the annoying workplace tensions there would be anywhere mm-hmm. but again I kind of like stretch that out yeah. It's sort of almost resolved in some ways by the end of the, this episode. Yeah, well, now she's their boss. <laughs> yeah. and, and does sort of feel like the show sneaking in a, a kind of surprising reactionary streak where it's where it's like, don't worry about what the woke 20-somethings think because you're the most qualified person for this job and that's the only thing that matters and therefore. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah, that's a, it's a, it's, they, they wandered closely to some politics there but then did kind of you know, yeah. pulled away. But like, I mean, I guess next episode we'll get more of Miranda at that job and more of Charlotte at hers. And 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 hopefully the, those new developments in their lives will, um, you know, evolve in interesting ways. I would be remiss if we didn't mention Anthony and Giuseppe, who <laughs> after working there for a month, Anthony learns that he's gay. Straight you, yes. Gay you, uh-uh. I cannot work side by side day after day next to a gorgeous, sweet, hot, way too young Italian from Italy with a huge heart. Again, that was like, what? I'm not like, sure how he saw or spoke to Giuseppe. <laughs> yeah, for so long, I like, didn't realize that he was gay. Of course, Giuseppe, like, you know, is like, would rather pick, like, hooking up with Anthony than having gainful employment at Hot Fellas. <laughs> it just all was so, I was like, kept, like, Turning my head and going, what? It felt rushed. Rushed, yes. Anthony would have read, there are many scientific studies about this, that if you go on the Drew Barrymore shore, you you leave gay. (laughs) Doesn't matter how you came in. Um, But like that that plotline where he basically invites a lawsuit (laughs) just so he can like avoid his feelings. And then, oh, in the end, turns out Giuseppe likes him back. And it's like, okay, you know, like... There's a lid for every pot. Do I necessarily believe that Giuseppe would be, like, into Anthony? No, but whatever. That's okay. Um, But, like, why do we have to be that, like, have that be a pricklier storyline? Like, have it be unresolved or, like, embarrassing or funny, you know? Not just like, oh, no, we kiss, and then that's it, you know? Have one, like, ghost reference, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) To kneading the bread and, you know, know, making a a vase or whatever. Right. right. And then it's like they fall in love. It's just like, I needed more, I need more of something. There's too much of everything and yet not enough substance or something to grab onto. It's a a loaf of bread and it's hollow on the inside. Mm. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Beautiful metaphor. 
hot fellas. <laughs> yeah, it just does. It just feels like maybe they are trying to tie things together, you know. And and look, Anthony already had the rushed gayus ex machina uh, <laughs> yes. when they were like, uh, now you are together with Stanford because you're both gay and you're the only ones on the show. And so yeah. here you go, you know, and that, well, and the, that was and then so they, annoying. And then they had to like somehow write off like poor Willie Garson, which right. like obviously R. not R. the, not anything that the show wanted to happen. No. Um, and so I guess, yeah, they kind of left him hanging in that way. But I do think the show this episode anyway, is so into the Carrie Aiden stuff. Like, mm-hmm. understandably, it's a big deal yeah. that so other characters like Naya are just not really in the episode. Lisa Todd is just sort of supporting player in one scene, totally. pretty mm-hmm. much. Like, yeah, I just... Seema got a new love interest briefly. Yeah. The, uh, oh, the, Mar- the Marvel, the Marvel, Marvel director. director. Look, I always wanted to film in New York, so I want the very best. He says you are the best. Seema, show me where I want to live. Shooting in New, New York? York for nine yeah. months? Didn't... Silver Cup Studios. I don't know if it's big enough for, yeah, no. <laughs> for a Marvel movie, but... I can hey. understand that the show doesn't want to take SEMA to Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> right. but... they're, they're taking Carrie to Norfolk. It's like, you know, maybe they well, could... Well, are they, though? Do you think next episode we're going to see this house or we're just going to move three months down the line? I think we're moving three months down the line. I don't think we see the house. I don't think we I really want to meet Wyatt and Homer. I, would, I think that could be interesting. Again, it would be sort of like not really, you know, spiritually right yeah, for Sex the series. City had, you know, fun fish-out-of-water episodes. Yeah. I mean, I guess we got some of that this season when Miranda went to L.A. Um, but I st- I would like to kind of see Carrie in Virginia and yeah. to kind of confront what it actually means. Like, if you're going to really be Aiden's partner, like, you can't just be having sex in hotel rooms yeah. once every two weeks. Like, you have to figure out a way to integrate yourself into his life and him into yours in a more complete way. And, yeah, I do want to see how he actually lives. And Mm -hmm. if nothing else, because I'm sure that whatever, like, house they scouted is beautiful. and Yeah. Yeah. Well, we were denied the Hamptons, so we could at least get this. Well, but that does also kind of ring true to Carrie, who always, like, was kind of like a dicks before chicks. Yeah. Like, she wasn't always the best friend. (laughs) Yeah. She, I mean, on the original series, she was a raging narcissist. And once in a while, a character would actually comment on that fact. She wouldn't really change much, but, like, I don't know. I just I think that sometimes when you're trying to balance new storytelling with fan service, people who create this stuff kind of overestimate how much people really want a fan theory to happen. And it's like, yeah, you can satisfy that and it it can work. But like, it doesn't always have to be just like, well, they wanted uh, so and so to get together. And so now they are. You know, yeah. like I almost pr- would wish that Aiden had been a one episode thing. Oh, totally. Um, rather than what's shaping up. I think he's going to be in the rest of the season. Oh, it feels like. certainly seems that way. Yeah. I, I mean, it does seem like they're setting up a, a happily ever after between the two of them, which, uh, yeah, I would be unsatisfied with that. Not just because I'm on the record as not loving <laughs> Aiden, but just because I don't know. Like she wrote her book about big like the marriage is the marriage is done. He's dead. Like what? else is there for her if the only thing that's there for her is just like living a life of luxury donating to the library and like marrying Aiden I don't know that doesn't feel like enough no no and I yeah I think that like Carrie is better I like her more when she's single I think it's a more fun character she's a little pricklier when she's really in love especially with a goober like Aiden (laughs) 
<laughs> I just feel like it kind of sands her edges down, yeah. you know? And I just don't want to see her end that way. That final end just like that was... And just like that, um, what it wasn't Howard's end. It was better. It was our new beginning. So new beginning, it makes it seem like this is really, you know, the start of a new chapter. But also, if she chapter. said, I went to Aiden's farm, that means we're not going to see that farm. No, that means it's done. That. No, the farm, I don't think we're going to see the it's farm. It's going to be like Memorial yeah. Day the next time we see them. But yeah, I, I it does feel like pairing everybody up is an, it, like an end of an end of season or an end of series impulse. Um, that's just really hard to get away from. Like, I, I can see, you know, Seema ending up, like, alone and proud, like, smoking a cigarette on a roof somewhere, and that'll be the show's way of trying to say, like, see, no, it's okay. It's okay to be single. Okay. For some some people want to be single and they're happy, but, like, all the real main characters and, like, especially everybody that's been on the show from the beginning, they are going to be paired. Yeah. yeah. Although, Miranda... Maybe not Miranda. Maybe not Miranda. Miranda might be, because she's Though, still figuring things out. there was a look on Che's face when mm. Carrie said, because I made a mistake, and Che is looking at a happy domestic couple in their own home <laughs> and being like, I think there was a glimmer of, did I rashly break up with Miranda? Mm. So I don't know. I think that seed has been planted. I don't think Miranda's The fact that they're single. still on the show, I guess, does yeah. imply, yeah. you know, there's, there's more to that storyline. Yeah. 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 Whereas a great ending for this season and perhaps the series, if I don't know if it's going to get a third season, Seema, Anthony, Miranda, Carrie all single, having the summer of their lives. And sure, Charlotte's there too. But like, <laughs> you know, like I, like I just feel like that would be such a more like comforting message to mm-hmm. the fictional women at the death convention, you yeah. know, like about like it's okay to stand on your own. Well, you, you and know. like you can have this found family. It can, yeah. Yeah. It yeah. can fill the space that a relationship could or it can even make your life richer um, mm-hmm. yeah. in a lot of ways because, you know, you're you're not defining yourself by your romantic partner. You're defining yourself on your own terms and, you know, finding fellowship with people who feel the same way as you. Like, you are you have a community instead of, you know, just becoming like a couple. Yeah. yeah. Instead of defaulting to, like, the most recent other yeah. person, right? right? It's like, we I haven't seen option any... Option B. Option B. I haven't seen anything yet. Well, that, that would be Alexander Petrovsky. <laughs> he would oh, be option right. C. She doesn't count him as one of her great loves. That's nope. true. That, right? Seema was like, you said you've had two, and... And mm-hmm. Petrovsky wasn't there. Which but is, is a callback to the show when there was that, uh, that three episode. Three great loves. Yeah. That everybody gets three great loves. Everybody and, gets two great loves and Carrie had already had and, hers, oh, which too. was like, oh, so what the hell do I do now? But to, for her to then fall with one of her two, then that sort of defeats the whole purpose of that episode yeah. and that idea that you get, you can have multiple great loves. Mm-hmm. But for her to be like, okay, so it wasn't big, so it, it's Aiden. It just feels like. My hope is next week they will actually kind of address the fact that Aiden and Carrie are ignoring their past mm-hmm. and ignoring their differences. Yeah, the show can't just let them be happy with no compliment. And we could even bring back Miranda and Naya because I guess Miranda's still living with Naya as mm-hmm. far as we know. So that that, that could be a dual storyline for like Miranda and Carrie both sort of mixing, you know, friendship and and money in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, but I, for some reason, I don't think we're going to explore that. Either. I yeah. don't know where we're going. Yeah, really, well, just other like than... I'm sure it seems like, you know, the the Gen Z co-workers who hate Miranda or whatever, like next next week, are we just going to forget about that? Like, how is she going to be the boss of these people who hate her? I feel like that's probably that not going to work out. That, yeah, I, don't yeah. know. I loved that scene between the two of them, even if it ended weird. Mm-hmm. But I, and it's like, I was like, I want more of this. I want more of like the original people together and like just like walking and talking mm-hmm. about 
topic A. You yeah, know? Having, some, like, yeah, from what we know of Miranda, she would be like, what are you doing? And somebody right, should. Right. And somebody <laughs> should be doing right. it. So yeah. thank God for Miranda. But yes, walking by some like iconic New York spot, you know, that Fifth Avenue, that church, like right close mm-hmm. to... Washington Square Park. Yeah, that was lovely. And they t- like they took a while. It was like a wide shot for a while of them mm-hmm. just walking, and that was sort of nice. And then we sort of zeroed in on them, and they sort of took their time, and it didn't feel rushed like other elements of this episode, where mm-hmm. I was either like, what happened? Or, quite frankly, I was kind of a little bored. <laughs> And but that's okay. I guess we, you know, we're gearing up towards the end. But I was, yeah, I was a little, I was a little underwhelmed. I'll say. Um, all right. So we have just a few more episodes left this season. You know, there is one big person coming back. That is true. We, that has been confirmed. We are going to get Samantha soon. Um, other than Carrie and Aiden, is there anything we're hoping to see in this last kind of third ish of the season? Naya Wallace. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be nice? Just, just where, to see her. <laughs> where is she? What yeah. she up? To where you know, you know, I, I bring her up not because I even think that she's like a great character. I mean, you know, no shade meant at all toward the actress who plays her or anything, but but just because you know the the show was presented as like it is now about these seven different people, yeah. and one of them has just been so absent this entire time. Yeah, um, like the the extent to which there's been less Naya than. Seema Orche. Anthony, too. Or Anthony. <laughs> Lisa Todd has or, had, like, whole episode yeah. arcs. Like, yeah. yeah. And, like, I mean, as you said, maybe that's just because she's the character that, like, makes the most sense and is, feels kind of, like, the most fleshed out of yeah. the new characters. Um, But, yeah, like, being explicitly rewritten as a show about more mm. people and then one of and them. And then writing out it's one of them. It's not even I mean, on the show. Yeah, if you're going to bring in people of color and, you know, people from marginalized backgrounds and whatnot, if you're going to do that and that caused a big kerfuffle for the first season of people being like, oh, like each white woman got their own emotional support yeah. person of color friend. <laughs> to make that not the case, then you have to sort of give them space to do something. And, and not right. do one and episode. And not write all, them off the show. So I just like, it's not even that I'm so interested in what Naya, yeah. you know, Naya's cooking souffles and that's makes great. One episode where she makes herself dessert and then one episode where she doesn't show up Where she doesn't show up at all. Yeah. I just feel like if you're going to, again, if you're going to do it, you, you got you to gotta really do the work. Commit, commit. And if you're going to introduce a friend from Miranda who is a humble Brooklyn professor, you have to be ready to tell stories about a humble Brooklyn professor, which <laughs> yeah. they clearly don't want to do. Yeah. You know, that's the problem. I mean, I just, it would have been perfect to have the last episode be, be her and Seema in the Hamptons. Yeah. yeah. Just, yeah. Have, yeah. Living their We're going to keep life. beating this horse. Because yeah. <laughs> they, they pro- also... That was a huge promise that they <laughs> that was... gave us. But I think it would be really nice to just have the gals together, which mm-hmm. is why, like, I loved the scene with Carrie and Miranda because it was like and the, the scene prior to that like where it's like oh they're just sitting and talking about their lives and like that's kind of what I want yeah. yeah I'd like to see yeah more of the girls just girling together mm-hmm. <laughs> still watching we'll be back in just a moment after the break we'll talk about the fabulous locations and sets of and just like that with production designer Miguel Lopez Castillo Know that fizzy feeling you get when you read something really good, watch the movie everyone's been talking about, or catch the show the internet can't get over? At the Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast, we chase that feeling five times a week. We talk about the buzziest movies, TV, music, books, and more. From lowbrow to highbrow to in-between, catch the Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast from NPR. In both Sex and the City and and Just Like That, New York is an integral part of the storylines. Some would argue that it's almost another character. Production designer Miguel Lopez Castillo knows what it takes to portray the city on screen. 
For both seasons of In Just Like That, he's the person responsible for the overall visual appearance and artistic style throughout the production, including Carrie's classic apartment. I know, it is sort of the perfectly worn-in cashmere sweater of apartments, and I love cashmere. I know you do. But is it too comfortable, me living there? I got a chance to speak to Miguel. Here's some of our conversation. I'd love to know, like, is there any, like, set or production design or scene that you're particularly proud of or that was like, the hardest to pull off? Well, I would say I, I really love Seamus. Seema. That's such a pretty name. It means boundary in Hindi, oh. which is hilarious because I have none. <laughs> it's really a nostalgic, very polished, but intimate and small bedroom suite, you know, that could be out of a 1930s movie. That that was the concept. And the execution was flawless. And it's been shot to advantage, even though it's really just a lot of her, like, smoking in bed. This is so, like, it's all noisy. Oh. I'm sorry if I'm bothering the man whose penis pump goes fita, 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 in the middle of my bedroom. Wow. Well. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Not cool. To me, it looks great. Do you look at old Sex and the City episodes for inspiration? Can you talk to me about designing Carrie's old yet new apartment? Right. So, you know, 12 years have gone by in real time from the second movie. And also after episode one, her whole life situation changes. Falls apart, right? After Big's death. I have totally. to give up the apartment with Big because she's not going to stay there alone. I'm selling our apartment. Really? I am all action. I gave the Peloton to one of the doorman. I contacted a realtor. So... Next topic. Now, be kind. I've had this place forever. Buyers love a classical brownstone. This is just me showing you where I've been staying since you asked. It's not about a sale. Everything is about a sale. So we did look at the episodes and all drawings and photos to document what she had always had there, which would change. With Sarah Jessica, it's very much like working with a private client. Okay. Tell me about that. Yes, she really inhabits the character of Carrie. And she brings a lot of her own personal stuff. You know, she will bring artwork. She will talk about a piece of furniture that she loves. Wow. So she brings her own personal lamp, her artwork, and that will be in Carrie's actual apartment. In some cases, because some of the original furniture had been donated to the Smithsonian and to retrieve it Mm -hmm. is a process. It's not like the set dressing was saved for all these years. Some of it had to be duplicated or matched because it wasn't existing anymore, Mm -hmm. like the alarm clock on the bedside table, things like that. And then there's also the changes that she made. It's the same place, but it doesn't even look the same. It's like I I hung wallpaper and I've repainted. The big, bold carnation wallpaper was the whole process with her. We did multiple prints, sizes, colors. We did walkthroughs because the concept behind that was that she's decided to move back in there after buying and selling the white modern apartments. Oh my God, I think I just turned off the AC. And that's a problem because I live on the surface of the sun. She had that brief moment of madness. She's really a brownstone girl. And we also, we had to make the kitchen more functional. All the uh, cabinets really had always been dummies because that was the joke is that she kept her sweaters in the oven. Yeah, that's true. Now she comes back and she's like, I've learned to cook (laughs) salmon. Yeah. Do you cook? I always think I'm going to, but I never really do. No. A little piece of salmon here and there. Well, that's about it. Well, salmon's something. 
It is. Thank you for that. Salmon hard to cook. Brutal. Yeah. That makes so much sense. I have to imagine, what are sort of the unique challenges of shooting in New York City and creating and trying to recreate New York? How often are you shooting on location versus like at, on a soundstage or at a studio? Uh, we build a lot of sets. All, all the main characters have a stage. Okay, they have their own specific stage that's their home, that's their apartment. That's, yeah, that's, that's... and sometimes it's just a bedroom, like Seema's new place. The reason for that is because if you're going to be returning multiple times during the season, it can be, well, very expensive for one thing. Totally. It's also logistically very difficult for the shooting crew to get in a real space. Like in this season, the one where we really just walked in unchanged was the mansion for the Vivante. Okay, for the Vivant launch. Hi. Hi. Thank you for including me. When I got the idea for... Vivant. The first name that I thought of was Carrie Bradshaw. And that mansion was basically just as it is. That was a thousand percent as it was with the artwork. We had to clear all that artwork because those are like, I don't know, $8 million paintings on the wall wow. that we were not going to touch. And the owner did not want moved. So we had to protect them. Mm -hmm. But that gave a lot of the sort of grandeur of that is knowing that this woman has become a, a serious art collector and has spectacular art and paintings and sculptures and all. And that gave credibility to that event. Okay. Wow. That's so great. I mean, that brings up a very good point that the ladies, Carrie and Charlotte and, you know, Miranda as well, they're all in a different tax bracket than they were, you know, 25 years ago when they were, you know, young up upstarts, you know, struggling to make it in New York City. How has the fact that they're now you know, all pretty wealthy affected the production design? Do you use different brands? Do you, in terms of the locations and like, your your styling of their lives of the world they live in when i was first hired i was told use the word aspirational and elevate everything wants to be as wonderful and aspirational as we can make it show new york city in its best light so and in some of the other characters like with naya specifically for instance I the first time we talked about someone living in Brooklyn and having a social life and their social circle in Brooklyn. Hi, <laughs> welcome to Brooklyn. Thank you. Come in. Thank you. It's beautiful. I actually had to uh, back up my choices by researching real estate sites. Mm -hmm. I proposed that it was a loft, not an apartment. So I had to find like rental costs, looked up the salary of a tenured Columbia professor to see like how does that match up to rentals? And she's married to a session musician who's not like, he's not a total bomb yeah. either, you know. They've got some money coming in for sure. But still, it had to look homey, it's warm, it's not excessive in any way. And in fact, the crew always commented that, that was the one place where they would like to live. Yeah, no, I love that. I love Naya's apartment. You really nailed it. Miguel, really, thank you so much for coming through and sort of sharing all the... You're welcome. How you make all the magic happen. Great job, really. Dream job for a designer. Still watching, we'll be back in just a moment. And when we return, we'll be talking about the fabulous fashions and the not-so-glamorous looks. And finally, this is the part of the episode where we talk about the clothes in our segment, Killer Looks and Fashion Roadkill. I have a, a fashion roadkill that really sort of took the internet by storm that we didn't talk about because there was so much to talk about last episode, but reappeared this episode. 
Aiden's coat. This, oh, his weird, like, his futuristic weird, general coat. Yeah, general cinched waist coat, which he wore when he saw Carrie at the restaurant meet cute. That coat came back. He was wearing it when he came to the Hudson Yards apartment, I think, the second time. Mm. It was open, but I was like, that coat, that, people are not liking that coat, and I am going to side with the people. Didn't love, didn't, <laughs> I am going to side with I'm the people. I'm siding with the people. I don't. <laughs> Rising up against Aiden. Yeah. The silhouette, too, which, like, he's such, like, a, you know, like, country, you know, man with his chickens yeah. and whatnot like the cinched ways silhouette and like it just didn't didn't feel right for the character and i feel like homer wyatt and tate would make a lot of fun <laughs> of that coat and i know them really well obviously yeah, of course yeah of course i don't know just like put him in a you know a denim jacket put him you know that's what or a sheer link you know well he's not a man of the people anymore I guess when you sell your company to west elm you just you get a you know commemorative like yeah, when you, when you insist on buying roughness. whole suites of kitchenware for an apartment that you're in, like, two nights a month. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ugh, I think the jacket, it captures that, that mm-hmm. the new what, what did you guys think of the dress, Charlotte's dress, that so much of the episode revolved around? It was cute. Mm. Like, it's I don't know. Very if, Charlotte. Uh, it was very Charlotte. I think it was a nice, like, oh, like, cool gallerinas wear black. And I'm going to mm-hmm. do that, but there's going to be, like, cutesy yeah. pink kind of accents so to make it more Charlotte. And I did agree that the belt really was the point of the outfit. Like, yeah. when everybody was, like, yeah. taking the belt off, I was like, no, she kind of needs the belt. Yeah. Again, I feel like if she didn't like the way that she looked in it, she could have just sized up and it would have been fine. I do also want to uh, point out, uh, adding to the annals of uh, conspicuous wealth in this episode, Charlotte throws in the garbage, I want to say, $200 worth of space. I did like the button where she went in and grabbed one. And I was like, I was like, she wouldn't throw all those. Out. I hope not. I was like, you could use those, you a know. A pair of space <laughs> is like 50 bucks. See, I didn't know that. I wouldn't. No. I mean, I don't know. And they were probably not even Spanx brand. They were probably something more expensive. I don't yeah. think she's in like Skims, but. I, I mean, Charlotte and Skims. I would <laughs> Charlotte I X love. Skims. I, I will say, speaking of Charlotte and sort of that that section of the episode, I did love Lisa Todd Wexley's When They Went Shopping. Yeah. Um, that yellow sort of like caftani jacket and then like the, the purple dress underneath. Like, and then, like, the green um, fanny pack. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. it's fashion. She's here for a little bit, but she really gave fashion. Yeah, I was also into Seema's, like, ABBA-inspired look when she swoops in to the dinner at the last minute. She's wearing, like, a sequined bell-bottom with, like, a matching, yeah. matching long sleeve top. Like, great. It was a good look. And she's great. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think that Lisa and... Seema are interesting fashion-wise because they're both sort of splitting the difference of Samantha. Mm-hmm. There are, like, notes of Samantha in there, but they're doing their own thing. Um, totally. And if we only get Lisa for one scene in an episode, at least she was looking good. Yeah. And she delivered the 25 line really well because she's great at interpreting the show's tone. <laughs> yeah. Um, Nicole R. Parker is. Absolutely. Yeah. Very much. Well, that does it for this week's episode of Still Watching. As ever, you can send us any questions or comments to our email at stillwatchingpod at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram and Twitter at Rylaws, R-I-L-A-W-S. You can find me at Hillabuster with two R's. And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Christress, C-H-R-I-S-T-R-E-S-S. This has been Still Watching from Vanity Fair. Our producer this week is Will Coley, and we had production help from Peyton Hayes. We had technical assistance from Jake Loomis. The show is mixed by Amar Lal. Stephen Valentino is our executive producer. Our theme music is by Alexis Quadrado. We'll be back next Thursday for episode nine. Looking forward to seeing you then. We've all been there before. You're planning a dinner party or having family over or even just cooking for yourself. When all of a sudden it starts to feel 
overwhelming. Uh, I live in a very small one-bedroom apartment with a very small kitchen. I can't figure out what to serve besides water soup at this point. I'm Chris Morocco, food director of Bon Appetit and Epicurious, and this is Dinner SOS, a new podcast from Bon Appetit. Maybe it's a last-minute party with no menu inspiration, a kitchen with no space, a toddler who will only eat buttered pasta. Name your dinner emergency. We're here to help. Here's how the show works. On each episode, we'll take a call from a home cook facing a real dinner emergency. Then, I'll work with one of our editors or someone from our amazing test kitchen to try and solve it. Because cooking for the people you love should inspire joy without a side of stress. Make sure you're following Dinner SOS wherever you're listening now. 